Greetings and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting of Queston Media. I'm your host, Eming Pionsai. This is a very special episode, an important episode. A lot has happened in this last week, from the death of George Floyd at the hands of police to the Black Lives Matter protests and the looting of stores across the country. There is a lot to pick apart here. And to discuss some of these topics and hopefully try to make some sense out of things, I'd like to to introduce our panel today. We have Kat, Raymond, and Marlon from our sister podcast. Thank you all for coming today. I appreciate your, your coming on and with, with so many things that I know you have to say. Um, so yes, thank you all for coming. I appreciate it. Yay. Thank you for having us. <laughs> of course. Um, I want to throw it to, the, um, to Raymond because uh, when we initially had this conversation about doing this episode for Margin Call and Geek Force to merge and team up, he had so many ideas. He had a list, <laughs> a very like a, intricate, a, thorough list. It looks like a Sorry, torn apart by like Thursday. Like, it was, it was like <laughs> yes. Thursday. Unfortunately, listeners, when we first had this talk, which was, Kat, this was on Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday? It was around Wednesday, Thursday. And yeah, and we decided that maybe we should do a margin call episode for this particular topic. Um, right. Raymond gave us a list, and by I want to say Saturday, that list whew, gone. Right. <laughs> so and still going, still going, yeah, still going. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna stop talking, and I'm gonna throw it to Raymond because he definitely had a lot of things to say. And from there, we're just gonna see where this takes us because there's again, there's a lot of things to talk about. So many, so many things happened. And we're just, we're just going to go and see where we end up with this. Great. So um, I feel like at this point, there's two main like topics we're going to talk about today. Um, the first one is the Black Lives Matter movement that has been sweeping across the nation this past weekend into earlier in the week. Um, it's all started in Minneapolis, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, the second one is the information that keeps being shared and coming out, and I don't think that there's enough media outlets talking about it, is this reports that there are a lot of people unassociated with the Black Lives Matter movement going out and causing chaos and havoc across the nation. Um, unfortunately, uh, we're gonna be getting into topics of race. Um, so uh, if that is hard for like, you to hear and like like just prepare yourself now because we're gonna get deep into it i'm gonna probably say a couple things that doesn't sound like i don't like white people very much but um i have a lot of things to say that i want to like so like be sure to like listen stick through it we're not like you don't assume you know what we're gonna how we feel before we go into it we might have a lot of different opinions um so i wanted to start with talking about how uh the this <clears throat> I want to start by talking about Trevor Noah. That's actually where I want to start with this. Um, Trevor Noah had a really, really good, uh, I want to call it a speech, honestly, that he gave about everything that's going on. And it, honestly, it seemed like he just did it off the cuff. Um, if you, I don't know if any of you have watched it. Um, the, he, it's like a 17, 18 minute video of him just sitting on his couch, just like talking to the camera about what's going on. Um, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Cause it's honestly one of the best summaries of that I've seen so far from a celebrity or anyone that's like really 
talks about what's happening. Um, but he starts the same way I want to start, which is talking about the dominoes that have led us here. Because I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that this isn't like it's coming out of nowhere. It isn't like this is the first time anything like this has happened in our country. This has been building up. Um, and especially in 2020, there has just been so many things getting us to this point where I feel like there is no other reasonable explanation, no expectation of of people right now. Like people are just mad and upset. Um, uh, and I think I want to start with, um, really I want to start with coronavirus. Um, Cause I mean, like that's honestly probably the biggest drive right now of what's going on with between both parts, between the Black Lives Matter movement and the extra people against, or I don't know, what, what do you want to call the, what do you want to call the reports of the white people that are out just causing chaos? The, uh, Marla, the wannabe anarchists? <laughs> Um, fake as anarchist. The fake, the fake anarchist. Sure, we'll call it a fake anarchist. So there's a Black <laughs> Lives Matter anarchy, movement. People. Yeah, the fake, the fake anarchists and the Black Lives Matter movement. That's what, that's what we'll talk to. That's how we'll refer to them. So um, both sides have been drastically affected by coronavirus. Um, um, it's like insane how much this, uh, how much coronavirus has like put people out of work, put people's incomes out. Um, and like there is just there's everyone's been sitting at home digesting media the entire time this first domino i feel like is coronavirus yeah like how it's been a how it has been addressed so far the ways that the black community has been more affected by coronavirus than a lot of other communities um and just the the, the impact of the loss of jobs and the loss of economy and the loss of sanity, honestly, from for so many people just being stuck at home all the time. Um, Marlon, you had a response in there. No, um, my comment um, just around that was definitely it compounded a lot of issues. And I feel like more or less it put a lot of people at home. Um, it put a lot of people on social media, it put a lot of people um on vigilance of protecting their community and just reminding folks to stay at home and be safe. And I definitely think it, um, it led to one, um, you know, the release video of um, unfortunately brother Aubrey um, and how he was uh, murdered three months prior to, to COVID and that video surfaced. And then it almost seemed like a dam opened. And then we just caught, Every other video of brutality in other states, um, people being roughed up. And then, yeah, I, I think I agree with Trevor Noah's video about how it just, just seems to just compound itself and compound itself over and over again onto a community of people that is already scared. Um, that is, um, like you said, at um, an increased proportions of being affected by COVID um, that aren't being tested, that probably don't have um, capabilities of being tested. A lot of these testing zones are only doing uh, either drive in and you have to have a vehicle to get tested or the lines are super long. And it just, it just was the perfect storm of situations to where you have a lot of people who are frustrated and angry. And this definitely, of course, is compounded upon years prior of police brutality with very little follow through on the government's end on on getting things done and protecting the people. I mean, I don't know how many times we can make a hashtag or make a t-shirt for someone. And ultimately three months down the line, when the case comes 
comes up, they they get off, and all we have is a community that's frustrated. Right. So this definitely was the perfect storm. It's it the the other thing that I wanted to make sure to mention is just like all the essential workers that mm-hmm. were working all of these places. Oh yeah, great. Because like it's there was just so many people of color that were in this that is in this population. Well, go ahead, Kat. What? Yeah. So I wanted to kind of piggyback off what Marlon was saying and saying like with the start, or well, not even the start, but like when coronavirus was really hitting everyone to the point it didn't matter what race it was. I know we were kind of doing statistics on the on the news, like what communities were being hit, but it was to the point where a lot of black communities were being affected. And they were being affected because a lot of them were essential workers. And their essential workers is because, you know, they have families and children and themselves to survive. And they were working these uh, gig jobs or these retail jobs to make sure, you know, that the population as a whole had the food and supplies they needed during this time. And so knowing how, like, I, I, I read about how, like, even, like, McDonald's was not doing their job as far as making work safety a priority for them. And they were coming to work sick. You know, they didn't have a choice to stay home. And they were literally walking around sick, making money, you know, and, and probably infecting their families because... The, uh, because of capitalism and we already know how capitalism already has a racist backbone and so it was really frustrating to see our community like just almost falling apart with that on top of you know we're only making so much money on top of like unemployment being only available because people were having trouble with that and people were having trouble with like if you were a black uh, a black business owner having the having that that whole fun effect like even if you were going to get it or not having having that come to you to protect your business your legacy that you worked so hard to protect and it was almost a mess so you were either working in the streets during this virus or you were at home unemployed or working from home you know not knowing what was going to happen because you know the world was whatever day by day and it was very clear that like there's only so many weeks people can go without going a little crazy the um um i have to unfortunately skip over a longer conversation of meat the meatpacking industry and how trump Mm. really butchered that whole process and like a lot of immigrant and undocumented workers started catching coronavirus because he didn't. He forced those things open with no care for their safety, um, and so. But we get into. I think uh, for me, the next big thing that happened because I think this was before the uh, um, before the jogging shooting. Um, yeah. The I th- the protest against shelter in place that happened against uh, that happened mm-hmm. across the country. This was a huge. I think this you can't. We can't talk about the looting and the rioting and everything that's going on right now without having a conversation with the, about this because there was – it's very obvious the kind of response, uh, the differences in the kind of responses that happened between these two protests within literally a month of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had you had all of the – um, I'm just going to call them white because it's what it primarily was. So you had all the, mm-hmm. all a lot of white people coming out with, and a lot of them were coming out with with semi-automatics and military-grade weaponry and all of these things on state property. Um, 
and they were protesting on these places. And the police, if you go back and watch these videos, there was no riot gear. There was no there was no tear gas. There was no anything. Um, mm -hmm. And you can still argue that maybe those protests were peaceful. Um, they weren't looting or breaking things. Fine. Um, but they didn't respond in the same way that a month mm -hmm. later, um, how um, we'll get to the response of the peaceful protests of Black Lives Movement. Like, I feel like that's part of this entire process. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, about that. Any other follow -ups? I mean, I think um, what is, like, I think, really telling uh, is that these were individuals that, of course, are armed, that had face coverings with weapons, which in general should be seen like rightfully so as a threat. You have people who are covering their faces, protecting their identities with weapons on state property, on capital state property, preventing people from entering. And you have them having like very aggressive dialogue with police officers there holding weaponry. And the only thing they were met with was just, you know, stern looks and being told to go home. And I mean, the ultimate response to that was one, um, I believe one member, uh, one representative had to reach out to her community and hire four black officers or sorry, four black men who also in turn had to walk her to the building with armed weaponry just to protect her because she was afraid to return to work because of that outbreak. Because <laughs> the fact that these folks were allowed to protest with guns at an office of representatives at the Capitol and be like, hey, this is like, we're doing this and no one's going to stop us. Meanwhile, if you go back to the Black Panther Party, they did that exact same protest, brought weaponry to Sacramento to protest uh, the fact that they were going to potentially be taking away open carry. And the Black Panthers were met with a different response where they were escorted off and they were met with riot gear. And that same, but that same week, they decided, hey, we're going to get rid of our open carry in California because these black folks are carrying these guns on campus, on like on the state capitol building. It's a completely different feedback we're getting. And I definitely think it feeds into the anger that people are getting. It's like, how do you want us to process? We could we could be holding hands and get met with tear gas. We could be holding guns and get met with tear gas. We could be sitting down and met with tear gas. But if we're white, you know, it opens up a whole world of protests that we didn't think we could do. We didn't think we could show up to the Capitol Hill covering our faces, wearing skull masks and on goggles and Kevlar vests and military assault shoes. rifles. <laughs> it's insane. I have a question for you guys. Do you think there's any way that you that that things could have been done where it wouldn't have been, let's mm, say, not respected by? Like, let's say Trump's people, let's say people who don't believe in this. But let's just say, is there any other way that things could have gone down that hadn't, that wouldn't have caused such, you know, clash? With the white folks or with the current protests? Mm -hmm. with, with both. With both? Um, I think the short answer to that is no, unfortunately. Um, mm -hmm. the, the Or the actual answer to that is, yeah, don't kill black people. Um, but like that have that has solved this problem uh, pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> that's a very um, that's a very and uh, dangerous idea, Raymond. How dare you put that out there? How so, so controversial. Which which brings us to our next set of dominoes, which was the back to back to back uh, 
like deaths of several black people yes. um, on, the news. We, on the news that was that was like in the media in the yes especially those ones i'm sure there was more stuff going on that's the scariest part about all of this all the time is that we are only really out here on the streets talking about the deaths um we're not really talking about the people that are just arrested unfairly that are just treated unfairly in jail that are just broody that are just like they're just treated poorly period by the police across the country um we're talking about deaths because that's really the main thing we could talk about. Um, and it, it's, it's the one thing that unifies all of us at, at the end of the day. But um, please help me sit, pronounce his name correctly. I don't want to butcher it. The jogger from Georgia. Uh, is it, is it, um, is it um, Ahmad? Ahmad. Ahmad. Okay. Ahmad Avery. Ahmad Avery. Yeah. Ahmad Avery. Avery. So and... Ahmad Avery was, was, it, was he first or was the woman first? Tiffany, right? <laughs> Brianna. Brianna. Sorry, I think he was, he was on three yeah. months before. He, he was he was about three months. She was two months. So okay. I, I, I mean, was first. Brianna was second, and right. she was in Louisville, I think. That sounds right. Um, so both in the south, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah. So we have a jogger who's killed by a citizen in the neighborhood that he's jogging in, uh, um, which is uh, which is flag number one. We've been told by the CDC to go out, red flag number one. We've been told by the CDC to go out and get exercise, stay healthy uh, through all of the shelter in place. Don't go crazy, don't go stir crazy inside. This man is trying to do that and he gets shot. Um, the Then we get to Brianna who unfortunately was literally just sitting in her house she um, was asleep in her house you're right and I, they, I, I, I didn't get how that happened so can, can i can i can i can yeah. i take okay so what happened was the police were looking for a suspect somehow in that neighborhood apparently you know she was asleep in her house her spouse fiance boyfriend whoever was awake so when the cops were knocking on the door um, he was armed. He had a gun because he thought it was robbers. So, you know, as as a typical American protecting their home, they're going to fire back because the cops did not announce who they were. They were just banging on the door trying to break in. So, you know, as you know, you're yelling, who are you? You're not answering. You're going to get some kind of resistance. So, you know, he's firing back. You know, at this time, she's awake. She's wondering what's going on. The cops enter and... Uh, he he sees it and he hides. Her fiance actually hides somewhere in the house. They only see her and they just start firing like crazy actually, without any question. Huh? Sorry, sorry to jump in. Um, right. Well, actually, they the, the the police that were involved in that actually had prior um, interaction with the the, the boyfriend of the fiance, and they really? actually came to the house with what's called a no knock warrant. So they oh. entered the house with a no knock warrant, which I guess in Kentucky you can get. <laughs> So you don't have to knock with the That's door. a thing. Yeah, That's that thing. exists. So they that enter is a the weird home. Ass- so you, <laughs> you can imagine. So you can imagine the boyfriend and, the, and um, Brianna Taylor were awoken to the sound of their door being broken into the front door, and the boyfriend was shooting through the door. That was, was a closed door. So he shot through the door, and the police then all shot back at him. But I think the boyfriend was clipped, and unfortunately, Brianna was hit more than once. Um, I think what's surprisingly telling about this particular case is that they dropped the charges that they were bringing up against the boyfriend for shooting an officer. Right. That is interesting that that happened. But uh, as of today, June 1st, 2020, 
No one has been arrested for her murder, for, for doing all of that. No one has been arrested at all. Yes. And this happened since this June. It happened three months ago. Mm-hmm. And there still has not been any justice and with, on and, that. And with Ahmad, the, if I remember correctly, they were questioned, but then they weren't arrested. Released. Right. They were, they were released. released. Right. And I think so, it makes that case even worse is the fact that the older gentleman involved, actually both of them that were involved, they're involved with the police officer. They're involved with the precinct that investigated them and then let them go. So there definitely right. was something of like nepotism or favoritism happened to where because they knew them, they didn't mm-hmm. further question them until months later when the video surfaces. And mm-hmm. then this whole like internal investigation, external outcry, and then they're brought in and arrested. But of course, they're brought in of their own volition. And, you know, that's just unfortunately how it works so that you have to wait until the whole entire country is an outcry. Right. They're literally, I mean, they've only been arrested. There has not been any further action taken on their actions. Correct. And I think what's Um, interesting with both cases is it's kind of like, I know they're very different, but I think it's an example of just white authority, honestly. With the Ahmad Avery case, you have an incident where two no longer members of the police force believing that they can take in their hands, uh, oh, we heard that there's like some robberies in the neighborhood and there's a black suspect. Oh, we can go and get him. And he has to listen to us. And he has to listen to us because we have a gun and because we were in charge. And it's like, you are a civilian at this point. And as a civilian, you have the same rights he has to due process. But in that instance, they took upon themselves to be, you know, judge, jury, and executioner and, and do that. And then they got away with it, which only instills within that community that, oh, that's allowed. And then with this no-knock nonsense, in most states, no-knock warrants aren't a thing. You cannot get a no-knock warrant in most states. It's like you need to announce your presence so that, one, the officer is protected. Because if this person does not know who you are and you're banging them and you get shot, that's on you as an officer. Because this <laughs> person be doesn't know who you are. It's like, yeah. hey, if I'm like banging on your door super hard and you're getting afraid and you fire, that's because you feel like your life is in danger. It doesn't work the it, it doesn't work that, oh, I did this for the for, for my job and I get to shoot you. No knock warrants are definitely one of the warrants that people are like, we shouldn't have these. But in states like Kentucky, they're still a thing and people are still trying to fight them. And it's like it's a really like hard uphill battle to fight them. And this, I feel like, is more reason why we shouldn't have them. This woman's life could have been saved if that had been someone saying, you know what? Maybe you should knock on the door and issue this warrant or just talk to these people if you if you if they are a suspect. Because at the end of the day, that suspect got released. This didn't need to and, go this far. And this is where I want to challenge the listeners that if right now you're thinking, why did the police come to these people's house in the first place? I'm going to tell you it's irrelevant um, because this is like people died when they didn't need to. Like this is this is this the entire point of these of this protest movement, the riots, the looting right now. The entire point is that people are getting hurt. Um and as long as that's still happening with no consequence, I think these riots and looting and everything is just going to keep happening. Um, so, yeah, stop. The, the, if you if that's your thought right now, I want you to pause and think about how how everyone else feels because it's it's too much. Um, so um, then we get to this past week, um, which started with Amy Cooper. Um, we got to start with Amy Cooper because she literally tried on camera to weaponize the police against a black person, um, and which 
which is and you can't she can't she she tried to apologize i think christian cooper gave her it like said he accepted her apology um and Wait, who's amy cooper amy she cooper is the central park uh woman who was okay. had her dog oh, off the okay, leash okay, I'm sorry. I found her name. So, yeah okay. for the short version she had her dog off the leash in a section of central park where you aren't supposed to have your dog off a leash uh christian cooper was birding in that area and he asked her to put the leash away um she got rude and so then he uh pulled out like i think he pulled out little dog treats that he had in his pocket for this exact reason to try right. to like like just get, calm the dog down so that he wasn't tearing up the grass and everything um and then she freaked out and started calling the police um and the police came and did nothing he at this point um she tried to apologize um and i think i remember reading that he forgave her um uh, since it's geek force so i got a shout out he was a marvel comic book writer among a lot of yeah. um, but that was cool um, to know. but the um but yeah so i'm glad he's okay but that pissed people off um and then literally the same day was george floyd um and i'm gonna be honest here i have struggled to even get a couple of seconds through that video um like I haven't been able to watch it. It just is. It's it's too much. Um, but I know um, I've read enough about what happened of this officer choking him, him trying, him saying I can't breathe. Um, the other police officers keeping everyone back from stopping them, stopping anyone from like trying to help this man. Uh, but then they also helped pin him down. I saw on one side of the uh, video. So. Um, I'm glad I read today that the police chief of uh, Minneapolis police chief says all of them should be held accountable, um, not just the one who 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 murdered him, um, but the other ones that were accomplices to murder. They he's he's the police chief said they should all be held accountable. So we're getting somewhere slowly with mm -hmm. all but of only but, but but only the guy who who sat who, who sat on his uh, neck has been charged has been correct? charged with, yes. with, with third degree is, murder. Yeah, which is another problem in itself. But it's a, it's it's one of those we got we got Al Capone for uh, tax evasion or mm -hmm. something like that. Like, fine, if this guy goes down for third degree murder, that's still progress compared to the past decade and a half of all this nonsense. Yeah, um, but um, but it's still it's a little insulting third degree murder. I can agree with that. Um, what, what else? Someone had a comment. No, I I, I was saying I was keeping track of. Uh, trump right now um there's been some stuff about how he feels about the governors but i'll save it he okay. wants them to smush the protesters he's, oh, yeah. he's, oh, he's, one of my... he's making them look weak right now and i'm like he's one of my dominoes we'll get to he him was a right. last night he literally yeah. went to a I'm, not, I'm gonna save it. the white house i'm gonna save Sorry. it so, I just had to... Go ahead, so <laughs> george floyd horrible death and this, there's videos everywhere about eight this. minutes Eight, eight minutes nine. of video as well and it that was that was it like there was there was no no one could take anymore um and that's where minneapolis started protesting and then everyone else started watching this video and i think the first real protest across the nation was wednesday night mm -hmm. um, um i think minneapolis was they started up tuesday night i think they might have started up monday night but um but the thing that's important to keep in mind here, and it's the problem I have with the media, is that I don't think that enough of the enough media stations are showing how most of all of these protests are starting peaceful. They mm -hmm. are um, 
be they are focusing a lot on the looting and the rioting parts of and aspects of this and that's a media problem there mm-hmm. is there there's there is literal footage i've been watching it all week of people protesting peacefully um mm-hmm. especially during the daytime um and it just it's it's offending that that's that the only thing that I feel like I keep seeing of news articles without going out of my way to try to find the peaceful videos mm-hmm. um, is how riots across the nation and looting video and yada, yada, yada. and like and it's just can we can we focus on what is like what the point here like mm-hmm. there's um, yes the li- the looting I'm gonna get to the looting of why that's part of the point in a moment but um, but on the peaceful protest side of things. I feel like that is like there's there is literally nothing wrong with that. It's what we've been doing for decades and it's gotten us nowhere, which is what's leading us leading people into the looting aspects of things. But um, you can't you can't forget that part. And that's where we get back to in the white with, with the shelter in place protests with primarily white people. They were they peacefully protested and they were not met with riot gear and tear gas. And on Tuesday, there is footage of peaceful protests in Minneapolis of people getting met with riot gear and tear gas when they're doing nothing to incite any violence yet. Um, and then I, and I think that was, to an extent, that was the last set of dominoes that was necessary for the, at least the nation to start rioting. Um, we got 45, and he's he's been fanning the flames on his in his own way throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the week. Um, yeah. uh, I, mean, I think Killer Mike had an amazing yes. uh, press conference. Killer Mike yeah. really came to, to show up. And I think his statement, like, I think it attaches to just so many of these outlines we've been seeing collectively, like Killer Mike came up and said, you know, that I think what his his uncle and his cousins are all police officers and they've been a part of the protest that's been peaceful. And he like, he blames networks like CNN for pretty much, you know, just fear baiting people on TV and only showing buildings burning. And when the fact of the matter is, there's just been like so much um, unfocused, anger so much rage and it's just been met with um dismissal every year people either don't believe it they don't take it seriously and it just becomes a powder cake i think killer mike comes up, he was like crying he's like he's like i the, like the day i watched that video um that it, those eight minutes i wanted to burn my city to the ground too like that's what that was my first reaction was i wanted to light things on fire i was just so angry and he goes I'm an adult man, so I can suppress it. But you have young folks out there who are just so angry and they're at home and it isn't like they're going to like, you know, and for for some of them, they might not have someone who can tell them to calm down. So they're going to go out there and do what they got to do. And yes, it's terrible, but you know, we got to come and we got to plot and we got to figure out how we're going to move forward. But um, he also brought the fact that there are a lot of police officers in cities and states that are also walking with these protesters Yes. that are walking with them and they're a part of these peaceful protests. They know this is supposed to be a peaceful protest. They know it's supposed to be this way. And I remember Kat, uh, okay, uh, Eming, you sent me a video, I believe, of it of Atlanta where there was a black officer who was at the a protest who was, re- who was in his regular um, you know, p- uniform when he was talking to a group of protesters who were upset and angry at the fact that they were met with... Um, disrespect at the other end of the protest and said, I just came from there and I spoke to them and I told them all to shut the fuck up because they were not supposed to be talking to you like that. Y'all are here protesting peacefully 
and they're making this worse for everybody. I spoke to them like that because if it's one of us, it's all of us. And I and I don't want that to be what's happening here. So you have a lot of folks. So, so I think he was just hinting at a lot of folks who were standing up and doing the right thing. But he also mentioned the fact that we need to have community re- like review boards so we can review what's happening with these police officers. And Taylor Mike definitely like came and he swung for the fences and he did a, he, he did a lot. And I th- definitely think he brought up a lot of good points uh, for why things are being burned to the ground and how we can move next. Because he said, yo, either we can keep burning stuff to the ground and keep being angry or we can wake up tomorrow in the ashes and try to rebuild our own communities in a better, stronger way, but it's sort of accountability. It does. And I <clears throat> I want to give props in the same sense uh, this police officer who was trying to keep the rest of them in line. Um, you just talked about, I, like, the Minnesota governor, um, I watched one of his press conferences earlier um, earlier in all the riots, and he, he was doing uh, a great job of trying to help people understand that, like, look, yes, we are riots are a problem things are burning the city is like this is there's a lot of property damage all these things but he's just like this 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 isn't the point the point is these people feel like they've been there's they there's been crazy amount of injustice being done to them and we need to address that like we can't come in gun blazings with the national guard and the military and all this craziness that like is all of that is just going to add and incite more problems to what's already been what's already what's already been people being hurt too much um and and i really appreciate it like um just he he very consistently every time reporters tried to bring it back to what is the state of Minnesota doing about the rioting and yada yada and he just kept always bringing it back to that's not the point right now like <laughs> the point is these people are upset and we need to address that um, and so I like there's there's there are government officials that are doing and saying and feel what we're feeling and like mm-hmm. are with us and I can see that. Um, and then we have uh, 45, 45, the orange, if, the orange brought man. back one of the oldest and most vitriol filled phrases from the civil rights era. Yep. If they, if they're looting, we're shooting like if literally the loot, when, when the looting starts, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And he's plagiarizing. Just be real. Literally, like that was used when we were watching TV on, on black and white, and it's just like, are you really bringing that up now? Like that's like I he has like, nothing left. I feel like you must know that that's like someone has to. Someone needs something. That's a charged phrase of like, yo, this is not helping. Um, one, it's not helping. Two, it's racially filled. It has a history of racial injustice like attached I, to it to be fair i didn't realize that the first like 12 hours after he said that like uh i just was upset that he said it mm-hmm. um like it just it just was it was just something stupid to say and all the and it was like at night while people were literally rioting so that honestly might have made things worse that night yeah. but um but then the next day everyone's talking about how it's a reference to uh uh, George Wallace, a segregationist from back in the 60s yep. and 70s. And I was just like, what? That changes this entire statement. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like if there was 20... any doubt that this man is a white supremacist or leaning white supremacist, this is like a clear indicator of where he leans towards. Like this man is using Jim Crow era. Like I like, yo, I'm going to use force to suppress this like black dissidents. I'm going to use this like force. It's like, yo, do you really think that this situation needs more military, needs more guns, more weapons to solve this? 
like I would respect it if he. I would. I wouldn't respect it. Let me let me change my statement. He like, and it's the the weirdest thing is that he's not. I almost expect him to double down and start busting out water hoses at this point. Like, oh, right? like it just. I'm surprised. There's Make a, it old there's, school. There's a level of it that I'm surprised that the he hasn't tried to be, and I guess that is credit to his staff that is keeping him kind of sane in all of this because mm-hmm. he definitely could be causing more things. Um, literally, as we're filming this right now, he's supposed to be gearing up for a talk today. We'll see how that one goes. I don't see it going very well, but um, it's, uh, but um, but like he's just he's just adding fuel to the fire. He called George Floyd's family, and the the brother said that they didn't he didn't even let him talk to him. It, he just said his piece and got off the phone basically um he's been sounds about he's right been, he's been trying to just talk about anything other than this he, uh, elon musk had a space launch the other day and that's all he tried to talk about he brought it up for a second and it's just roll eyes is correct oh, like, yeah. it, um, it just and his it, biggest thing now is that apparently the worldwide health organization in china conspired together to make coronavirus a thing Right, and he's just talking. He's just. You're missing the point, like entirely. And so here we are on Monday afternoon when riots have been going on for almost a week now, um, Mm -hmm. and he's just now having a full address on this in the middle of the day today. Oh boy! Oh Uh, no, no, no! You forget. He was asked this question last week about the riots, and he fully walked away. Oh, I know he did. That's what I'm saying. He's waiting till now to say something. Like, oh boy! Like, homeboy tucked and tailed and took off after he finished his like conspiracy statement. With people saying, well, "What about Minnesota? What about Minnesota? What about Minnesota?" It just it was just gone. Right. He knew they were coming. He fully ran away. And I think it's because he knows that. Who was it? I think it was um, Dan Rather sent a tweet today saying that in like this very tumultuous time. We look to leadership to kind of like give us a message of like unification or placation or just like to make us feel like things are going to be okay. But would we really want to hear that from him or would it have the effect he wants? Honestly, no. I, at this point, no. Four years in of him never doing that for anyone other than the white supremacist communities, um, the, uh, it, it wouldn't matter. Like, like I don't, I don't feel like anyone would care what he has to say. He's never tried to be that kind of person. Uh, that track record. He could, have, yeah. he could have done that at any point during coronavirus. Before all of this started, he could have done that, and he never did that very well. The mm-hmm. one Oval Office thing he tried to do about coronavirus, he he gave out so much misinformation. He spent like three days. Is him and the administration of the White House spent like three days trying to backtrack and fact like clear up what he said like it was insane like this i it's yeah we're in an election year when he's also trying to fight mail-in ballots that's a whole nother conversation in itself um so um yes you had something to add about trump oh yeah 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 for me for me um I mean, I don't follow him on Twitter, but I do follow people who do take note of what he says. My thing, I mean, yesterday for me was when I was kind of like looking at the collection of tweets he had ma- he had made throughout the past days of everything happening. And I'm noticing, you know, we all make fun of him being like a toddler who has tantrum problems, but it literally was coming out where I feel like he, it, it, it was like he was losing control because almost 
the last seven tweets is him yelling in caps with exclamation points, yelling, law and order, fake news, the lame media. And I'm just like, dude, like you, you're recognizing like you're losing the, 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 whatever you think the president has as far as power and position, you're, you, you lost that. You've lost that respect and you're just yelling to a wall at now, uh, right now. And so for him to say like, um, before days ago, like last week, maybe saying how, you know, you know, you know, he, how he felt about, he felt sorry about the George Floyd death and how he, kind of almost supports the peaceful protests during this time. But then days later, change it up saying, oh no, we need to get y'all because y'all doing too much. We, you know, shooting and looting and the whole anti-fascist, I'm against them. And I'm like, you want us to be against them, right? Because that's, 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 that's the whole point of being against that. But he's like, no, they're a terrorist organization starting now. And I was just like, you are a mess. You are a mess. And now to the point where governor, like he's literally talking about how he's very disappointed and upset that the governors are kind of making him look weak and stuff because they're not doing what needs to be done. You know, the, the, the riots have not stopped, which means they're not doing their job. And that means he has to do the job for him. And I'm just like, this is, he's falling apart, you know? And so he either, you know, he's going to keep spiraling it out or it's going to get worse for the country. I don't know. And so I am, I am anxious to see what he has to say today. Amy. Well, in some respects, I think his issue with the the state governments is going to reflect what happens in November. Like, if we don't figure out like how to get um, the election stuff figured out, like this this is like phase one of his power either go up or go down. Right. So if if he and the governors are like going to be at odds when the governors decide to do at like um um was it the the um the shoot when you um mail it. Yeah, the mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be an issue. And he's going to fight so hard because he thinks all this other stuff. So I don't know. I think this, this is like phase one of how far he can fall into insanity in terms of his like <laughs> him being like he doesn't have uh, the ability to to make things go his way. I think like to bring it back to Raymond's domino thing, I mean, the whole thing with the, his presidency began during the COVID um, where he didn't have a plan together and it literally fell on states to make up their own plans. And I think that was just a sign of like, he has no plan for infrastructure or no plan for supporting these states when as a president he should. I think that was his first shake in his armor of like, oh, he doesn't know what to do. So we have states being like, here's our plan. And of course he's like, oh, here's, I, I now have a plan. It was like, no, that, that plan's bad. That plan doesn't work. And he goes, no, no, my plan's a good plan. Everyone should do my plan. And people were like, no, we're not doing that plan. And then you have states who are like, our plan is working. Your plan is not going to work at all. And then you have the point where you have like literally Cuomo's doing day-to-day briefings about his plan to make sure that the communication is clear. Like, yo, this is our plan. I need you to listen to me. And I'm going to give it to you in a PowerPoint every single day because you're not getting it from the White House. But I'm going to give it to you because you're not getting it from the person who's supposed to be giving it to us. And I think that definitely was a sign of him getting irritated and like, why is not listening to me? This is frustrating. And then he's like, hey, that, that actually is wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's right. He goes, no, there's no there's no like evidence behind it. 
well, we said it was right and we have people who are smart. And it's like, no. And then of course it leads to this whole like, and I think like at least of course like the unfortunately like all these black deaths, he's still being like, oh, I I, I have an idea. People are like, no, you don't have an idea. And he goes, well, if you start looking, you start shooting, like stop talking. And I think it's just it's becoming more and more of him being like, what do I? Do? It's becoming more signs of a man who doesn't know what to do anymore with his job. He's getting to a point where he has to come up with an entire plan. He like I feel like his whole thing is like, oh, I'm going to change all these other plans, but give him a chance to make up new plans. He has no idea what to do. He now has to come up with a new way to get out ballots that have that pretty much haven't been done before. In most states, you have to give a reason why, and in some states, I think like 11, you can't cite COVID. Yes, it's like eleven states. It's like, it's either if I, I forgot the number. It's either five or eleven. Uh, oh, it, I think it's it is, eleven. It's eleven, and it's sad. Uh, yeah, you can't you cite can't COVID. Say, you can't cite COVID nineteen as a reason why you need an absentee ballot. But there's a large amount of there's a there's not a large amount of states. There's like ten to twelve states that you can request an absentee ballot for any. Like you don't need to even give a reason. Why don't you yep. just? California is one of them. Mm-hmm. If you just press the button, you get a mail-in ballot. Um, something that more people should take advantage of. But yes. uh, but this is the year that it's about to happen. Um, so, And then, yeah, there's a lot of other states that you have to give a reason. And I think a lot of them are going to end up putting COVID on that list of reasons. Um, I don't think he has much control over it. I, I'm pretty sure the the courts, and I, I like it's going to probably have to come down to a Supreme Court judgment on whether it's goes against the Vo- Voting Rights Act or whether or not he can try and suppress mail-in ballots across the country. Well, unfortunately, uh, in Michigan, it flipped the other way. Do you remember how was it was in Michigan? Or, oh, it was it was sorry, it was Wisconsin, to where the courts told them that oh, you can go and vote in person, and yes, people yes, online yes. were upset like, why would they do this to us? So maybe hopefully it's like yo, this is an example of like how people were upset that they had to go and vote in person in Wisconsin, even though like this is like during the earlier stage of COVID, we have to be. Within two, like it's hard to tell people to be six feet apart when they're all in line of voting, using touch screen or touching paper when there's, pencil. When there's like five sites and no one wants to work them because you are coming across so many people, mm-hmm. it's it. This pandemic is going to be the biggest obstacle for all of this yeah. because I unfortunately have a feeling that we're going to see a huge case uptick in the next two weeks because of all the rioting and looting. Yes, for sure. We're going to have a big spike yeah. come out. And, and, and like, it might, it's one of those, like, is that the grand plan after all is to cause another spike? Like, the, wipe the, them all the, out. The, the, <laughs> the, the it kind of goes back to what you says, right, said, Raymond, about how, like, you know, that was like the basis of it, of, of it all, of how Trump responded to that, how he did not respond to that, how that affected the American people, how that affected the black and brown communities in America and how that is still a baseline on what's going on on top of Trump, not like he didn't sign the student loan forgiveness bill, how him and Mitch McConnell and men like him really want to stop like giving extra money for unemployment and how they don't want to give another stimulus check. And And I'm like, so now you're making us be, you really want us black people to just stay home sick not working but then don't give handouts but then do be working and still getting shot by cops because i'm either trying to do what i'm supposed to do as far as getting exercise or going to work or going the fuck to sleep in my own home and so i'm supposed to be okay during this i'm not supposed to go out and protest my anger i'm supposed to be just 
oh, you know, it is what it is. Like, right. the I don't want to forget the fact that they tried to give a couple billion to businesses to help them, yep. and how yeah, that was that a part. that was a, that was. That was so anti-Brown. Uh, there was just too much evidence of that one. I mean, they um, also helped the stock market out again. Yeah. Yes, all of that. So, um, which is one reason why I'm going to take it to how we feel about the looting. Because um, I think this that's where we're at here. It's just like people yeah. are were mad. The snowball, mm-hmm. everything, like the, the ball dropped, the mic dropped, the, the last straw was hit, er, people hit the street. Mm-hmm. Um and the, I guess what I, I guess what I want to ask overall is how do we feel about the looting in general? Yeah. Personally, as long as people are not getting hurt, I'm okay with it. I'm fine with I'm it, but gonna... then there's like limitations. Like today, I read about how the Chicago Zoo was being looted, and I'm yeah, like, and it's just like why? And it's just why? like I don't see in in traveling through Oakland and stuff. I don't see enough banks being hit. Like of all the things to be hit in all of these things, Whole Foods is the Whole Foods Oakland is still standing when they hit Target. Why? And that's and they're like two blocks away from each other. That there's just like little things right. like that that doesn't make sense to right. me. Right, right. Or right. like just mom and pop shops. Like for me, yes. if you really, if you are, if you want to be a looter and you want to show your 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 expression on property i I mean it falls back to capitalism you know you kind of capitalism and racism is hand in hand and if you for me i'm not saying i'm doing this but like if i was out there and i want to be like well if we're gonna hit the business that are really affecting the whole thing about supporting cops and killing black people and all that you're gonna be hitting up the banks hitting up the financial districts you know hitting up like companies that play a huge part in controlling the masses to advantage of people and taking advantage of people, you know? And to me, I mean, if that was a perfectly written novel, that would make sense. But at the same time, people are in the, they're in the moment. They're very emotional. They're whatever. I mean, there's so much else, other stuff going on because there are black people that are not even really doing all that destruction in the first place in some of these buildings. And so it's it's kind it's kind of, we'll it's kind of like one. a yeah it's kind of like a, a mix up of you know do what you got to do because we're angry and we're gonna show it you know with fire and and, and all that but at the same time it's like you know there are central workers out there working and and they have to work because you know they're working for companies that are like if you don't work you don't get money and if you don't get money you can't take care of yourself so it's a very tricky situation you know so i'm just i'm just like just be smart just be smart and not only protecting yourself but just thinking of others if you're gonna go down that route marlon i'm gonna ask you but i'm gonna come back to trevor noah in a second yep sure um i think that like they had a week to loot and i think now it's time to put that behind us and move forward in a different direction i think um they got their message met out there letting these communities and start letting these companies uh, know where they stand within the community. Um, I don't mind that. I know that in Oakland and some places they hit up banks, which is good. They like went over there and like defaced them, broke windows, which is, I think is important just to like make the, like, the presence known. But I think that, you know, a week's up and I think maybe we should transition from looting to doing a lot more um, occupying spaces that uh, need to feel that heat. You know, I, I think we need to be, either surrounding um, city halls or you need to be fully engulfing 
financial district communities and putting businesses to a halt where it, where it hits uh, these big capitalistic companies like make it make them feel that hate, make them feel this anger, this frustration, make them feel like they have to be a part of it. I definitely know that there have been a lot of um, companies that have been getting behind it. Um, I know that I think all the video game companies came out and made a joint statement together, PS4, Xbox, uh, they all came out and said, we agree with this movement and this is something we need to like address. So I feel like they need to be going after community, like companies that are like not making a statement or just completely silent, like just going for it and making sure that they, uh, they're like known. I have I have a bit of a personal issue with the video game companies saying something like that since they're part of the problem of taking advantage of their workers. But that's again a whole other conversation. The anime companies, Crunchyroll, Funimation, they were supporting us too. They had yeah. very strong supporting statements too. Yeah. But oh, globally, they're at least a little bit. Right. Like oh yeah. We didn't. I ran. I ran. No. Um, uh, I, I, I can't say his name right now. The former president of Iran uh, made like a statement on Twitter. Uh, I've seen some pictures of some Black Lives Matter protests in both Japan and in Iran and in mm-hmm. Syria, too. Syria. For America to personally be at war with you for so many years, those people care so much for the tr- like the, the American suffering on on over here to be like we support you like they had george floyd picture and and praying over it and that really moved me to tears to see that knowing yeah. that you know we're so all being, under a pandemic they're being bombed over there right and they're being bombed but they're taking the time to show their support and 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 every and their love and that yeah. felt so good and amazing and that should also the people who are wrong at fa- uh, fault here be like well damn you know the world supports it but they still don't care because they're so you know they're still so selfish in their mind but that should be like a big image for you to see as a bigger picture it should yeah. be it absolutely I mean, should be yeah I mean, and on top of that to just Right. And not only in America, but like all over the world, there's so many they we might the other countries might not have extreme violence or poli- extreme police police brutality as America, but there's still extreme racism. Well, so I that mean, should also open up to the fault that conversation of what can we do as a as a people to make sure, you know, the people who are at fault, whether it's black people or women or children to make sure they're safe too. You know, this is a whole super layer thing. And I feel like what we're doing in America could really start off something really great if it's done right. But you know, stuff happens. The, the, the last thing I was going to say is like, this, this just all comes back to, um, this is where I wanted to bring it back to Trevor Noah for a second. Right? Cause I don't want to completely quote him cause I don't remember, but he talks a lot about how the social contract of America has repeatedly been broken over and over mm. and over again. Mm. Um, and he, he, he talks a lot about how the have-nots, a lot of the have-nots in this country, they choose not, they choose to still play by the rules, even though while playing by the rules, they are putting themselves in situations where they have no money, they live on the street, they're choosing between paying rent and feeding their kids. Like they just have hard lives and they choose every day, uh, a lot of them to not commit any crimes in that process. Um, and then, you expect them to stand by and be happy when they keep watching crimes be done to their people and people like them and just being afraid of all like that's that's the expectation that we are setting in this country so far is you just kind of have to sit through it and just deal with it. and that's and 
people are tired of it. It's 2020 has 2020 has shown people a lot of things. Everyone has a lot more time to sit down and think and like really, really reflect. Yeah. So, so there's a meme or like a little saying about how the end of last year, people who like spiritual people or whoever prayed to God or just hoped for as a humanity that 2020 would be a year of vision. Cause you know, we talk about 2020 is perfect vision. And so it's like, we get, we're getting our wish. We're literally getting our wish. We're getting that vision, that discernment to kind of see like, okay, we're, we're shining the light on all these cockroaches, you know, and that's great. But what does that mean? What should we be doing while we're doing it? Cause we're literally just cleaning up really just putting the the image in people's minds. People who are trying to like, I don't want to see it. I don't know. You're seeing all this shit. Because this is stuff that you guys ignore every single day and you know this happens. You even participate in it. We're not going to let that slide no more. And so with that happening, my, my, my whole thing is like, I, I love it. I love that this is a huge part in history that will be told to children and children's children in the future. That's so many times in 2020. (laughs) Right. Because it's like, I mean, this whole year is a whole, this is a whole history. Like 2020 literally is its own book. And so the fact that this, it literally, today's the first day of June. This only June. I don't know what's going to happen, you guys, but, you know. Halfway through the year yet. But what do, what do people want? I want to finish this part of the conversation with that. What do people want? What is the point of all this? Well, how does it? How does it stop? Um, Actually, Raymond, do you mind if I jump in real quick? Go for I it. know. I just want to make a, an announcement that. Um, so, uh, I just got the debrief about uh, Trump's speech. Real quick, he has just declared himself the Law and Order president, and has made the announcement that. For any protest that is deemed violent, he will send um, military forces to to quell it. And he started that by immediately shooting tear gas and bang grenades uh, at the DC protest um, that followed his his press conference. It was quickly dispersed with tear gas and flashbangs. So that's his statement as of today and his actions as. <sighs> That's so predictable. That's so predictable, though. That's really predictable. I need, like, just a moment. Breaking news from Margin Call. Thanks, Um, Thanks, Marlon. (laughs) Breaking news. I'm going to... What do we I, want, need a, I need a hundred foot pole to even touch that one at the moment. But right. um, the what we want is not that. That's for sure. Right. Um, yeah. So the summary as far as I understand of what I what Black Lives Matters wants is a the very obvious thing, which is stop killing black people for the same thing that no white people do not get killed for in police interactions. Um, that's one. That's like the most bare minimum thing in the world. And the fact that we're still in 2020 and we've been doing this for decades and it's still not a thing yet is a problem. Um, So, but I don't know how you make that, how how you make people feel like that's finally going to come to a close. I think the way you start is you're arresting all the people in the past at least 2020 start arresting all of these people and start really having real investigations on all of this. Um, it would at least help people feel a little bit better. Um, 
Right. There's so we, much to do. There's so much to do. And, but like the other thing that I think Black Lives Matter is at least pushing for is a comprehensive change to the way the police police enforcement works in this entire country. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something incredibly wrong with it if this is the kind of backwards dichotomy that still exists in it hundreds of years later in this country. Um, we've been done with slavery for uh 140 over 140 years about 150 years at this point we've been done with uh jim crow for less time than that but we still have this weird imbalance in our country that has still never been addressed um and it's hilarious that we get end of last year we got like watchmen finally hitting like uh tulsa oklahoma thoughts and like really touching on some of this police brutality and like tv shows hitting it um and i just i keep feeling there was a point in this week where i was hearing about how police there's 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 some decent evidence that police have been causing some of the riots in some of the areas in the country, um, mm-hmm. and I'm just like this sounds like Tulsa, Oklahoma, all over again. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, exactly. and like it's just scary that that's where we're at. But so um, those are the two biggest things. I honestly think both of those things has to happen for there to be a big change, um, especially the just comprehensive change to the police. I don't uh, personally. I don't know if police officers need guns at all um it's a it's a whole thought it's a whole that's a whole argument for another day too look at the uk look at the uk look at other countries look, look at, at even new zealand they they have zealand. that whole thing too there's so many there's but big gun industry has pushed this and like just mm-hmm. the way america and capitalism has pushed this country for 250 years uh, into being this um we fight each other more than we like really work together um and they do that to keep us down that's why i'm just like that's why i got frustrated earlier in this week i'm just like why are we not attacking the banks the problem with this country still comes back to capitalism like and like that means the the banks are part of this problem also Mm -hmm. like uh the money that like money in this country is part of the problem like Mm -hmm. i don't and, and that's comes back to the looting and why everyone's stealing and just like that that the social contract's broken. So if you're killing people, I'm going to take stuff. Like, why do I have to stop? Like, why do I have to live my life with nothing when I can just walk in the Best Buy and take a TV? Like, and and sure, there's an argument that it isn't okay because of the laws that we've grown up and, and against. And like, and like, there's people are, you know, we, we shouldn't be stealing. That's a, we that's should. a commandment. It's a, but at the same time, we shouldn't be dying. Also that. So <laughs> it comes back to if your first thought is, this isn't the right way to do it i i want you to pause and think about why people are doing it it's uh it's the social the social contract of our country has repeatedly not worked for years and decades and centuries and it needs to change I agree. I feel like as far as like plans and stuff, you know, so many people have thrown around ideas like how like I th- I don't know which state it is. Like I don't know if it's New York. It's definitely like a northern state. They're already trying to put together a law about, you know, calling the cops when you're trying to we- like weaponizing your right to call the cops when you feel like you want to try to kill a black person. Basically, they're trying to write a law about that. And I'm like, why not just you know, 
go back to the basis of why we even need a security force. Like, why do we need a security force to protect and serve? So that shouldn't even have to like require any race, anything. It's right and wrong with the laws that we have written to protect the citizens. And so for that, like people talk about defund the police, like literally you're going to have to start all over again and what that looks like, you know? So like, yes, you can pass a law about, don't kill black people. Don't, you know, police forces, you know, you need to be able to use your brain and not shoot first, you know, or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, but then being a policeman, their training lasts from six to seven weeks to become a cop. When so many jobs in that like vicinity is years. And so for me, I'm like, you're going to need some hella, like hella training to actually be a good cop to protect the citizens. So that's another thing. And then just, you know, that goes back into how you're going to get your weapons and stuff because you knowing how the protests are using uh, the riot police, they're using government official military stuff. Why do they have that? I do not know. There's actually a military style of the zippy cuffs because a lot of cops ran out of handcuffs to get these protesters. And so they're using military style zip cuffs, which are almost impossible to get out of. And they're so painful. And so the only reason to get out is if you have like a, like a seatbelt cutter to get out, you know, but who has that? So the fact that they're using military weapons on peaceful people in the streets, because they couldn't do the, the right thing in, you know, arresting and prosecuting the people who did what was wrong in the first place. They spent the whole weekend arresting nearly 1,500 U.S. Americans for protesting. And all these jails are just overflowing with people who were just in the street talking, yelling, you know, running around. And cops were just grabbing them and just throwing them in the jail. You know, some of them they beat up. And I'm just like, so even if that law had passed, I feel like cops are going to keep doing what they want because, again, you know, we have a government uh, administration that relies on the state's rights to do what they need to do. And some states are going to be worse and some states are going to be OK. And so this like it's a whole mess, you know. But yeah, number one, don't kill us. That's that's what I want. Number two is like a whole like giant ass plan on what we can do, but that's going to take hell long, you know? So uh, in response to Raymond's um, question, I definitely think what it all comes back to is community involvement with the policing of their communities. Um, I don't think it needs to be an outside force of people who aren't from the community policing the community. I definitely think it comes down to is having a community re- review board of a community of people who are working either hand in hand with the police force or working at outside the police force to ensure that the community is being policed and being safe and that no one's taking any liberties with um, the badge that they have. You know, there needs to be, I know that um, Killer Mike talked about how it was something that they, that they had in Atlanta to where the community and the elders were, were like fully volunteering and responsible to look after their community and worked in tangent with the police force. And they saw that, you know, if they have people that are going to hold them accountable, that know their name, that know where they're from, that, that know, like they're, they come up to where they are now, there's going to be follow through. And I definitely think it comes down to the 
police department or the mayor of that community. Actually, it comes up to the mayor of that community making a diligent choice to say that as a requirement for the police precinct that we have, they need to have a community review board. They need to have, at some point, the community either being invited in to the same spaces as these officers where they can help make policy changes, they can help review applicants. So at some point to where they have another set of eyes on these officers, because what we've seen is that that blue line is thick as hell. And there are very few officers who will cross it to put someone in jail. And that's unfortunate that they are willing to stand behind their brothers who are murderers because they share the same occupation. You know, if you look at other occupations, whether it's a doctor or a teacher, if you know a colleague that's doing something wrong, that's doing something that's a felon, is doing something that's dangerous, you don't defend them. You say, no, you need to get out of here. As, if as a teacher, I knew there's an, there an, another teacher that was committing um, some crime with, these, with, with my students, I wouldn't feel the need to protect them for the respectability of the school. My need is to respect, my need is to protect the children. So what it comes down to is these police officers should be protecting the citizens. And if they can't do that, they need to work with the community so they can have another set of eyes to remind them about what they're there to do in the first place. It's to protect and serve. And the protection comes first. It does. And it's it, sometimes I think the serve part comes first. Like it's uh, that's it. my phone just did it, too. Yeah, we can. It's just reminding us that there's a curfew tonight. Um, <laughs> the fuck? Uh, so that was but, a lie. What are you about? We didn't even talk about that. That was great audio. But it's like it was. Hey, as a reminder, because of the fact that we live in a country that, you know, is incapable of. I think that together, we have a curfew, and it is a eight p.m. to five a.m. I want to say these are until June fifth. You know, some places, yeah. right? So Oakland didn't have a curfew this weekend, and now it's really interesting that now we have one. Now it Long says, yeah, and but for some places it says so on the note the 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 text we just got it says this is happening up to June fifth. Some other places in the country, their curfew is going to last for over a week because of just how they roll. And again, that goes back to states' rights doing what they got to do. And so, it again, we didn't even talk about how that is affecting Black people because of what I've seen in L.A. and Atlanta. You know, they, they're still trying to get people to go to jail or have the ability to hurt somebody because they can you know, during this time, but that's another, that's another, that's another episode. Um, <laughs> we need to talk about uh, in much detail how it's very clear that uh, there's some nefariousness with some of the protester, not protesters, with some of the fake Antifa or Antifa people out there. Um, I want to share um, the story of me um this is Saturday morning. I went out after the Oakland protest the first night. Um, I went out the next morning because I live like six, seven blocks away from where it was all going down. Uh, and so I went and walked up Broadway just to see what happened uh, like in person. So I wasn't just watching it through Twitter. And there was a point where in looking at everything, I realized how much of the focus of the destruction was basically all on Broadway in Oakland. Uh, there was very little destruction, even a block off of uh, 
a block away from Broadway. Like not much happened there. They hit the like uh, so many different businesses and stuff uh, like the Target and the Mercedes Benz dealership and like all of these things on the street. But like a block off of the street, there wasn't much damage done. Um, and so in finishing up my walk, I walked past uh, like three, four blocks off of Broadway and I walked past a brown owned dispensary of Blum that is on Grand. And they, despite being three, four blocks away from Broadway, that place had been looted and like destroyed. It doesn't make any sense no. to me why. It, it just it didn't make any sense to me why like it this is things places that maybe quote unquote could have or should have been looted that were closer to broadway weren't but this one specific dispensary and there were other dispensaries that hadn't been looted within this within this space and this one specific dispensary was looted and damaged uh beyond i'm sure they're still not open again at this point they, they can't be open at this point it looked like everything was taken out of there so what what is that like why did that happen because to me the only rational explanation is intentional destruction of a brown-owned place um i can't jump to that being the conclusion because i don't have the information to do that but the it's what it looks like when you have so many other places in this area and it just it speaks to the the rest of the information that's being presented online and mostly through videos and other tweets of just random people is where most of this information is getting presented through um i had to laugh the other day because one of the tweets from good old 45 was like um the uh this violence has to stop uh antifa and the radical left um we need to stop this and i was like well i mean if i really think about it antifa is probably a mostly like not poc organization um and i can't think of very many pocs that would qualify themselves as the radical left so <laughs> i guess you're i guess we're all still actually i think we're talking about the same people Trump. like <laughs> yeah they do need to stop like they're not hoping anything they're just causing violence for the sake of violence like trying to make this whole movement look bad for the sake of making it look bad like i don't have another explanation for what's going on other than that like uh, 80% of the people arrested um, some of those first couple of nights in the protest out of in town. Minneapolis, 80% of, no, out of state. Oof. They said out of state, 80% of them. That's insane that that many people are driving in because they got nothing else to do to go break some break, break and burn some buildings. Ridiculous. I mean, it, it makes sense if you want to, you know, make a movement seem like it's, you know, a terrible, dangerous movement. And I mean, we've seen this time and time again, whenever there's a protest, it's like, who are these people that are causing all this damage? They're not a part of the protest. Whenever there's an organized like movement, people are like, we don't know who these people are. They're not with us. Like they somehow decided to attach to our group and break off and do this other random shit that none of us wanted them to do. But because of their actions, it's not being tied to us, making our movement seem delegitimized. I mean, you have videos of what people were saying was a cop just breaking windows by himself off to the side, just breaking AutoZone windows and then chose just to walk away. And when he was, and when he was trying to be faced with people, he was, he was very aggressive with it. And then there's like a, I think it was like a photo of someone. Was that, the, was, was that the umbrella guy? Yeah, it was umbrella guy. 
Okay, I, I have I have heard that that the, the umbrella story might have been more misinformation than than it was a uh, fact. Um, but it still was weird watching this guy just walk up and break AutoZone windows and like be really dismissive about it. Yeah, like he clearly was not there for the protest. Like that that part is true. Yeah, and I think there's two examples. There's like one example of like um, this like photographer took a photo of like this. Uh, this like this dude in like his mask and like his jeans busting a window and like a protester like grabbed him and threw him to the ground and then a cop came over and arrested that protester for like what looks like grabbing his partner and then of course you find out that there are other plainclothes officers who like merge in with the protest were causing issues and like it's been like you know people are taking photos and like trying to call them out and like like what's this guy doing here and there's I think there's also one good protest where I think it might have been in SF or something or somewhere else. But there's a, a protester who was like busting up a sidewalk and the entire crowd surrounded him and grabbed him and threw him at the police officers and like forced him to arrest this guy because he was like with a hammer busting up a sidewalk. And thankfully, like they released the other protesters and just kept that one guy. But I think a, a lot of what you're saying from now on, if you see people, maybe we should just start grabbing them and throwing them at the police line to get them arrested first so we can like just get them out of the way as soon as possible. Yeah, it's it's a it's a special time. Special time. Our, <laughs> it's special, special time. time. I mean, now it's law and order time. I mean, I don't understand what this quarantine is about. It isn't like people trying to be outside anyway. It's like it's quarantine time. You got to be careful. It's, it's about to be scary. Make sure you protect yourself. And that's the that's the line that I that's the line I have with all this looting and rioting too. It's just like the when I hear people getting hurt. And I hear people getting hurt yeah. because of children what? are getting hurt. Children getting hurt. Like that part is too much. We've gone too far. If that's actual people that were part of the peaceful protests yeah. deciding to hurt others, that's not okay. No one um, should pepper spray a little girl at a peaceful yeah. protest. There's no yeah. need to pepper spray a child and traumatize them for showing up to protest the right to live. Yeah. We've gone too far. If it's if hurting people is part of all of this, I I I'm not behind it anymore. Um, but it's as long as it is focused on, I guess the healing, not the healing. That's not the right word either. But just like the the justice that needs to be had for these people that have died so far and the people that have hurt that have whose names we don't know. Um, those things, those like we that that has to happen. It it just has to. This year is the year for some craziness. Um, and uh, as I will say to end this off, please register to vote if you haven't. Register. Please be ready. Y'all really gotta please be ready. It's so important. Even if that means writing in someone else, if you have, if you feel like you're limited, I don't even want to. I know know we don't like Joe. I know we don't like Joe. I get that. I feel you a thousand percent on not liking Uncle Joe. We 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 are going back into COVID. We're going right back into COVID. Do you want to keep doing this with the man who told us to drink Clorox bleach, or do you want to bring in someone who could at least bring in someone who's smart to give us a plan? I'm hoping that Biden will have a better administrative knowing that a lot of the people who do care about us have been working under that blue flag and I'm like don't pick star players in his don't don't though if even if you don't believe in him vote on the people who work with him because they're the ones that really are going to be the ones 
bringing all this information to him because they're literally either seeing it themselves and have the perspective to know what to do or they they're living with it like us you know there were there were people who work for the senate and stuff in new york and they were being tasered and sprayed on themselves because they they were black and they support the community and you know cops saw them as another black person they got attacked so i'm like you're you're hurting people who actually like make the laws in your city so it's it's and that's a there's a longer conversation there because i have tons of problems with the democratic party oh, but right. i still agree they're with you and i hate i hate that phrase so i hate much. that too <laughs> we need a, a better third party that's another we need to fix we gotta fix the police Here's your choice. Okay. And we can fix the Democratic Party. Overt racism or at least covert racism. We gotta let's just go for the covert. At least at least we don't gotta see it as much. That's you the want, title of the episode. Right, or if you know your movies, do you want Nation or do you want Get Out? I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't, can I get a third option? No, yeah, no. I don't know the two options. The problem. Um, but I wanna oh, uh, if um is there any other follow-up? I have one more group of people I want to shout out in this country. Before oh, there's a lot, up. but let me keep going. Yeah. Donate um, to the Freedom Fund for, for these folks if you, out of jail. And if you know, if you know anyone uh, that is black or brown that works as a police officer anywhere in this country, please give them praise and encouragement because they probably have had the hardest weeks of their life this week. Um, like feeling like they are like like they, I'm sure there's lots of them that feel like they have to stand behind the police. There's lots of them that feel like they have to stand behind the people. There's lots of them that probably are stuck frozen in a decision that they don't know how to make. Um, and they just have to have a they they can't be easy to be a, a black police officer this week. So no. um, please 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 say nice things to them. <laughs> be there for them. Ramble off some organizations you can donate to. You can donate to nationally uh, Campaign Zero. Uh, they're like research-based policies and police brutality. There's Unicorn Riot. Um, they are a nonprofit media collective that uh, helps to expose social you know, injustices. Um, if you want to help uh, George Floyd's family, you can also go to the George Floyd Memorial Fund. It's the official Go Me Fund for the uh, Floyd family. It's also the Minnesota Freedom Fund uh, to help pay criminal bail an immigration bond for individuals who've been arrested while protesting police brutality. In California, you can help out with the People's City Council Freedom Fund. Um, that's an LA-based helping for legal fees and bailing. Um, and uh, you can also, you know, reach out to the Silicon Valley Democratic Socialist of America Bail Fund. That's the Oakland San Jose chapter of DSA uh, to help with temporary bail, as well as COVID-19 aid fund. So any monies would be appreciated. Yeah. Let's cool. not forget about COVID. Still a thing. Don't forget about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to thank our guests, our panel, really. Uh, Kat, Raymond, Marlon. Raymond, thank you so much for being like basically the host um, <laughs> for or organizing the the topics we had today. I really appreciate it. Very thorough, as usual. Um, before we before we end this, I want to uh, say to President Trump, that you are not a law, a law and order president unless the law and order applies to everyone, not just those who you deem worthy. 
because that's not right. Um, anyways, I want to thank our guests. I want to thank our audience and our listeners. Um, it's been a rough week, y'all. So take care of yourselves. Self-care. Um, do what you got to do. And we'll see you next week. So quest on, everyone. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.